Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been uh, putting together over the last while where I, like, where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and some of mine and other people's perspectives about what's going on in the markets. The goal here is hopefully you can take some nuggets of information and perspectives and insights and hopefully bring them back into your own personal situation and hopefully at the end of the day help you make better investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I try to do is I try to help people who ultimately want to become more financially independent. The problem with that, or the problem people have with their journey of trying to become financially independent is when they start thinking about investing, they either freeze, they get confused, or are intimidated by the whole process. Uh, I've worked with people who are new to investing and don't know where to start. And I've worked with people who have been investing for decades and just are frustrated because they aren't getting any traction in their portfolio. So what I do as an investment coach is I try to teach people, I try to engage with them on how to help them make more successful, how to make more educated investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So one of my motivations in creating my practice and becoming an investment coach is is to obviously teach people how to, how to make investment decisions, but also to become more street smart when interacting with, with the, the key players or the key gatekeepers of, of financial services, the banks, the mutual fund companies, uh, other financial institutions. Um, you know, we're in a world now where you don't really, you know, you can make investment decisions totally on your own. But the reality is, even if you're making decisions on your own and you're a do-it-yourself investor, you're still going to have to, um, at some level, interact with with the investment industry. And we still have to figure out uh, a way to coexist with them because they're not going away. And as much as you can talk about technology and fintech and coming in and disrupting the industry, at some certain level the industry is still going to exist and we're still going to have to interact with it if we're going to grow our savings um, so what do we do we we loyally and you know dutifully we what do we do we go and we march into our our local bank branch and i don't even know if they call it a branch anymore every time you've been have you been anybody been in a bank lately a bank branch it looks like a like a starbucks it's like a it's like a coffee lounge. There's like a fireplace and there's couches and everything. We go talk to our financial advisor or heck, we meet our financial advisor at a Starbucks and we begin this whole process of, of trying to figure out this whole investing thing. The thing is, even before you make contact with the industry, they kind of have you sized up. And as far as I'm concerned, the industry thinks that you and I are, are really a bunch of idiots. And, and they do an incredible job of going out of their way to making us feel like a bunch of idiots. Um, so much of the marketing that, that comes out of the financial industry is really designed to make us feel really in, inadequate. Or I, I, as I like to call it, give us a bad personal, um, bad body image, bad money body image. 
So you know, what's what's their value proposition around? Like, what are they when they you know when they when you see these commercials on TV or when you interact with the bit or if you go to a branch and talk to an advisor or talk to some salesperson or a teller or whatever in a in a bank or in a financial institution, what is their value? Like, what are they trying to pitch us? Well, what they're ultimately trying to pitch us on is they're telling us that first of all, um, we don't know anything about money, and they do. Um, they'll kind of put it in our face that, you know, investing is when we, when we break into investing, uh, investing is hard and it's really complicated. And because you and I know nothing about, you know, investing, we're going to make more mistakes. We're going to make a lot of mistakes and we're probably going to lose all our money. So the value proposition is if you don't want to go down that path, just give us your money and we'll figure it out and we'll make the right decisions for you. Now, at some level, actually, I, I kind of buy into that, which is, you know, a little bit strange. Um, you know, I, as, as someone who teaches people, I teach people who don't know anything about investing how to invest. And so, yeah, people don't know all the mechanics and the intricacies of investing. And I think the problem is the industry just goes out of their way to stick it in our faces and make us feel really inadequate and give us this bad personal, you know, personal finance self-esteem that comes out of it. And I don't know why they do this. Um, well, I'll tell you, I know a little bit of why I do this because they want to break us down and then kind of build us up and kind of make us feel inadequate and then kind of put themselves and present themselves as kind of that superhero who's going to come in and save the day and save your personal, uh, your your financial and get you down that road to financial freedom. And so and a lot of the the, the, the the marketing that you see out there is all about, yeah, okay, first of all, you know nothing about investing and we do and we can help. And then they just go down the list of, you know, hey, we've got all these people with like, uh, we got all these smart people with fancy degrees who know all kinds of stuff about money. Um, then they preside the image, the facade, which is all these cool offices. Um, lounges, you know, you can go and get like Nespresso and, you know, check your back balance, have some biscotti while you're doing it. They kind of put out that image that, you know, they have the tools, they have the technology, they're the gatekeepers with respect to your personal uh, financial freedom, and they know how to make money and you don't. And uh, they're the one, only ones that have the answers. And and then, and on top of that, what do they do to get us in? They put out these images of, of you know, playing golf, going on sailing on a boat, and you know, drinking pina coladas, and 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 so that's what they say. That's what the image, that the projection, the value proposition that comes out of it. Um, and the you know, the thing, uh, the thing that just kind of really bothers me is I don't know um, of any other industry out there that really treats their customers like garbage um, the way the financial services industry does. Um, a while back I did, a, did an episode here on Stock Talk where I talked about um, how many people out there think when it comes to investing, they think that the default action that you need to take if you want to invest is to go out and buy stocks. And I referred to an example, a really good example that Morgan Housel um, shared in one of his blogs where he talks about the whole evolution of the medical services industry in that, you know, if you go back like a hundred years, um, the industry adopted a lot of the qualities of the, of the way the financial industry acts in terms of talking down to people. They basically, you know, when you went to get medical help or get treated way back in the day, they would just basically, here, here's a solution, suck it up and go do it. And it came more, you know, the industry and it, it ran, caused a lot of 
issues in the industry, but the industry um, evolved quite a bit from from uh, more about just giving you know opinions and options, uh, just giving them a solution, saying here it is, like suck it up, this is what the way we do it. Um, it's gone more now to giving options to, to, to patients and letting the patient kind of find a solution that's compatible to them. And it seems like the financial and service industry is still operating in that kind of mindset where, yeah, we have the answers and you don't, and this is what you're going to do, and you're just going to have to deal with it, and you're just going to have to trust us on it. Um, in a way, I find the way the industry behaves to be almost a subtle way of bullying, and I'm sure a lot of people, when they're going and working in a bank and trying to get a mortgage or just trying to open up an RSP or a 401k, they don't even realize it, that they're kind of, in a way, being subtly bullied, um, subtly bullied about it. So I'm sure you're probably asking, like, why are you going here? Like, why, why are you bringing all this stuff? Um, the only reason why I'm bringing this stuff up is I literally, a while ago, um, have been seeing this commercial that's been playing over and over on TV um, by uh, Fidelity, one of the, you know, the big monster mutual fund companies. Um, that almost ironically is one of the best commercials I've ever, I think I've seen that really captures this whole value proposition that I'm talking about. And so I just wanted to share it with you. And I wanted to kind of um, just show you how like systematically and clinically um, the industry just goes out of their way to make you feel like garbage, to make you feel kind of like a bad, make you feel like you have bad personal finance, per, bad personal money body image. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this commercial. It's only like 30 seconds. It's a 30-second spot. only time I see this commercial is like during football games for some reason. So I don't know, like, I don't know where they're going for it with it with that. Um, I want to play the commercial. The sound quality is not the great. I've tried my best to kind of elevate it because I literally just put my phone in front of the TV and tried to get the sound out of it. I couldn't figure out a way to uh, stream it onto my computer and do that. But anyway, um, I want to play it for you. Hopefully, you'll get the gist of it and you'll be able to hear it. And I'll jump back in and I'll talk. I want to talk to it and kind of keep going with it and just. Uh, it's just an interesting, really interesting commercial. So let's play it. I'm going to play it right now, and I'll come back in a second. At Fidelity, we're big fans of factor-based investing. If you think that sounds complicated, well, it is. Basically, you take many factors or characteristics of a company, have really smart people run those through a computer, and you end up with an algorithm. A what? Let's just call it an investment strategy designed to help you reach your financial goals. We call it the Fidelity Factor. We've been doing it for decades. We can do it for you today. Visit fidelity.ca slash ETFs. Okay, we're back. Uh, I wanted to play this, share this with you because there's so many, in this little 30-second spot, there are so many things that are coming, that are just so many levels that are happening here. Um, that feed into this whole value, and to me it captures the whole value proposition that the industry tries to offer us and how they really, uh, it's a really great example of how they try to make us feel really inadequate when it comes to, to money and it, and it comes to investing. So I'm just gonna go by it. It's like literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines um, in the commercial. So I'm just gonna go through it line by line and just kind of show you how they go about doing it. It's almost formulaic in a sense. So. I'm gonna start with it. I don't know if I'm gonna do my, uh, my uh, kind of voiceover um, voice, but first thing I said is, at Fidelity, we're big fans of factor-based investing. If you think that sounds complicated, well, it is. And it's like, boom, right away, 
right away, they're making you feel like you don't know anything. First, they put on a really bunch of fancy terms, factor-based investing, and then, if you, then they go, if you think it sounds complicated, well, it is. And if you actually see the commercial, you can see this, this young woman kind of with this totally puzzled, confused face on, uh, confused face, and even just visually um, thrown out that, that, that body cues or the body language of like, I don't understand anything in that we're so weak and kind of thing. That's what I. That's what jumped out at me. Um, so it goes on and it says, basically, we take many factors or character characteristics of a company, and then have some really smart people run those through a computer, and you end up with an algorithm. An algorithm? What? So again, here it is. We started off with um, with using a whole bunch of fancy words, factor-based investing making it sound really complicated, making investing really complicated, making it complicated to the point that you're not gonna understand it. And then when they try to explain it, they say, well, here, guess what? You don't understand it, but guess what? We have all these smart people, and we have all these tools, and technology, and computers, and we can create all these interesting little things called algorithms that can actually make better decisions that you can. And then it, you know, then it goes and says the guy. Then you show a picture of a guy saying an algorithm. What again? The image of the customer being confused, not being educated enough, not being intelligent enough to understand that. Again, hits us with it. Not once, so it's like twice they try to make us feel really uh, inferior. So it goes on. It says, let's just call it an investment strategy, just to help you reach your financial goals. And so they try to take now this really complicated stuff that supposedly we don't understand and try to bring it into some terms that we think we might understand, um, try to give you like an outcome out of it. We call it the fidelity factor and we've been doing it for decades and we can do it for you today. And that plays into that other value proposition that they've been doing this for a long time. We've been around for like hundreds of years and so because we've been around for hundreds of years because we just happen to be around because we have a lot of smart people and because we know more about investing than you do these are all the reasons why you should give us your money and that's to me this commercial was great because it really crystallizes all the elements of of how the industry tries to make us really feel really inadequate and so the question is um, why do they do this? Why, and, why, and why do they do this? And why do we, as investors, as I guess as customers, um, who want to get into investing, why do we let this happen? Why do we enable this? Um, the easy answer is it works. Apparently this works. This formula just plays to our weaknesses, to our pain points. And clearly it works because Look at all the profits that are flowing through this industry. Look at all the profits that are oozing out of this industry. Clearly, this is a formula that works. Make customers, people feel inadequate. Come in, save the day. Show them that they have all, we have all the tools and all these things that they don't have and can help them get to their financial goals. So, you know, when I talked about earlier about the, uh, the example uh, that I talked about with the medical profession, uh, you know, the premise used to be in the medical profession, you go to the doctor and we've, we've got a, you know, we're not feeling well, we've got a problem and, you know, we go to a doctor expecting them to help us out and they try to cure it. Um, so the industry is kind of playing off those same attitudes. Like when we go talk to somebody in a bank, when we go talk to a financial advisor, um, the default uh, 
the default position that they work off of to provide us with those solutions is this stereotype of, for example, retirement, pina coladas and golf. Um, and the reality is for, I would say, 95% of the people out there, people are not trying to aspire to live, live some of this, this glamour life that they're trying to project on us. They just want to kind of maintain the status quo. They want to, the lifestyle that they have now is pretty much the lifestyle they would like to keep. They don't want to become this globe-trotting kind of, you know, jet-setting kind of person in their 60s and 70s and 80s or whatever. Um, but see, what the problem is, is the solutions that the industry is trying to provide you and stick, stick in your face um, and the value proposition they're trying to find is really um, not very profitable because the tools and really the solutions that you need to just maintain your status, you know, status quo kind of lifestyle is just simply saving enough and investing in very conservative type assets. Um, you know, very conservative, generic, vanilla ETFs, blue chip stocks, bonds. Um, unfortunately for the industry, these are not profitable products for them. They need their, ultimately, they wanna get you into more higher risk and ultimately higher, um, higher commission generating type products. And those type of products tend to be marketed as very sophisticated, very complex, and stuff that you will not understand, so, and they will. <laughs> so, um, because the whole reality is their expertise costs money. It costs infrastructure. You gotta have people, you gotta have robots, you gotta have algorithms, you have computers to do that. Um, so what's, why, why is this kind of flawed for you and me? It's because the marketing that they send to us, that they pitch to us, it creates unrealistic expectations. Look at what they're presenting to us, all this, this glamorous like, pina coladas and golf. Um, even if it's not what our lifestyle is, um, it creates an expectation that, hey, these people, we can guarantee you this kind of lifestyle. And a lot of times, and I know it because of the people that I work with who have tried to follow those recommendations and follow those uh, paths that the industry sets out, are heavily disappointed. There's just unrealistic expectations because their agenda is very different from your agenda. So, so that, you know, it's not going away. They're gonna continuously try to make us feel like idiots. So how do you and I respond to this when we go to a bank, when we talk to a financial advisor about our investments or our, our ability to wanna to start investing? Um, And a lot of it is really about changing our mindset and our motivation in terms of how we interact with the industry. What most people do when they interact with the industry is um, we just kind of let it happen. And we go in from, within, from a position of weakness. And as I said, the default position of the industry is they are think that you are coming in and you're basically clueless and you don't have a clue what's going on. And as soon as they see that, and as soon as they try to project on that, and as soon as you kind of enable them to project that on you, they're gonna walk all over you, and they're gonna do things that are gonna be more conducive for their agenda, and not as much for, for your, your goals and your agenda. Um, so what we gotta try to do, and this is a lot of things what I do as a coach, is I try to get people to change the mindset and change the nature of the discussion because the default going into that discussion is they're gonna make you feel like garbage. And so you need to change that. And the way we can change that is really about developing some competencies. And that's really all about, um, 
it's all about being more curious. And it's really all it comes down to is being more engaged. It's just showing them that you're going to be much more engaged and much more involved in the process. Because one of the things that they're trying to shoot for is just to get you to just sign your name on a piece of paper that's going to allow them to take money from your account and put it into their account. And so we can't let that happen. We have to show before we do that, that they are working in our interests. And the way we can show that they're working in our interests is being curious. And that's really asking a lot of questions. Because um, if you ask questions to, about them, you force them to work, you force them to answer, and you force them to be more accountable. And I'm talking about specific questions. A lot of times, questions that we need to be asking are, um, when we're talking about investments, is the risk of investments. When they pitch you products, asking what the risk profile of these investments. Are these risk investments conducive to my risk tolerance? What are the fees? How much is stuff costing? How much are you guys pocketing out of this? And how much, am I, how much do I have to pay you to do all this stuff? What's your performance? Like, great, you're recommending all these uh, you know, mutual funds or ETFs or whatever. Um, what's the performance? What's the track record of these things? And, and what's the rationale of why you're trying to get me into these, into these, uh, into these products? Uh, is this compatible with my personal financial plan? Is this compatible with the goals that I'm trying to set out to? You've got to ask questions. And the more questions you ask, the more you're going to make them work. And the more they're going to realize, you know what, I can't like kind of um, spin it. I can't really like sucker these guys into, into certain areas that are going to benefit me. You got to make them work. And you make them work by showing that you're engaged and showing them that you're serious about it. If you just go and you show up to a meeting with a financial planner or an advisor or go to a bank or a branch and just kick your legs up and say, hey, I got $20,000. You know, I have no idea what to do with it. Find me a solution. You know, that's like, that's like for them, that's like Christmas time. That's like, you know, the perfect scenario because then they're just going to churn you. They're going to churn your money and they're going to skim your money methodically and the next you won't even know what happened um, be engaged in the process ask more questions and also part of it is educating yourself about some of these products and approaches that you're talking about get them to educate you even though they really have no business and no desire to want to educate you you need they you need to get the educated competency for that and when you do that you start controlling the conversation um, so, you know, this isn't going to stop. Like, you know, I'm talking about this, complaining about this. This has been around forever, and it's not going to go away. The industry is, you know, clearly they have a formula for how they want to sell their products. They're a business. They're, you know, just like any other coming of business, they're convincing people to, you know, buy their products. Um, it's not going to stop, and they're not just going to one day stop and start saying, hey, you know what, you know what, we're really being really hard on our customers. We're gonna stop. They're not going to stop doing that. Um, they're going to continue to look for ways to maybe overtly or subtly trying to give us, feel us inadequate about our money. And, uh, and they're going to position themselves as the, as the gatekeeper and as the solution provider that have the keys to your financial freedom. And the reality is some might be working in your interest and some probably won't be working in your interest. So if you're serious about your money and you're serious about meeting your financial goals, you can't let people, you can't let the industry walk all over you um, do it. You gotta challenge them and you challenge them by engaging more in the process, showing that you're serious about it, asking really important questions, and then also just developing your competencies, your, your investing competencies from your education, from understanding the behavioral and mechanical sides of investing. 
that's what's going to do it. And so, it, you know, this I was just this all came out from a commercial. I just happened to watch this commercial, and it just brought out all these elements, and it just really crystallized what I think about the industry right now, and really how the industry works. And a lot of what I do is I try to get people to be a bit more street smart and prepare them to engage better with the industry because they're not going away. As I said, they're going to be around, and we just need to coexist with them in a way that we get more out of this relationship than they do. So. I'd love to hear what you think about this. Um, if you have any thoughts or feedback or anything you want to provide, you can hit me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can drop an email through there. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. You'll find me on there all the time, sharing different content, different perspectives about what's going on in the industry and, and stuff like that. You can find I have a Facebook page. Um, just do a search for Sage Investors. Um, on Instagram also, I kind of post, uh, share interesting charts and um, other stuff on there, you can find me through my handle, Sage Investors Nation. And if you're interested, I do send out a weekly email newsletter called In The Loop, where I share, again, some of my content that I've just been creating, um, links to some stuff on my site that you might find interesting, blogs, videos, podcasts, uh, as well as other people's uh, stuff that I am constantly reading and I am using to help frame my own investment decisions. So if you're interested in subscribing, I send out the email every Wednesday morning. You, just get, you, can, you can subscribe on my website, sageinvestors.ca. So that's all I got for you this week. Um, this has been another episode of Stock Talk. I hope you, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> and you can find all my previous episodes on Apple Podcasts or through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Thank you very much for listening in. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>